I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Ask OTC. It's the show where we answer all of your questions from the week in European football. I'm Dotton Adebayo. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Nikki Bandini. So this first question straight away from Mark Openshaw. Where do you put Napoli on the odds of retaining the Scudetto, Nikki? Would they be favourites for you? I, I'm not sure they're favourites. They're definitely still right up there. But there are some pretty big question marks with Napoli. Obviously, um, uh, the change of manager is the biggest one. Spalletti's gone. Rudy Garcia's come in. I think that appointment caused a lot of people in in Naples and in Italy in general to look around and go wait what um I think there were a lot of people that were expected before Rudy Garcia whether it was going for a a big name or whether it was going for sort of a young up-and-coming in Italy like Vincenzo Italiano had been talked about Rudy Garcia's name really sort of hit everyone a bit out of nowhere and there's this feeling of is this guy has he proven that he can that he can take up a job that Spalletti did um throw on top of that that um one really important player has gone, uh, um, Kim Min Jae, and and you think, well, there's a there's a little bit weaker than last season. The proposition isn't quite as strong as last season. And by the end of last season, you couldn't say that the wheels had come off Napoli. It wasn't anything as drastic as that. But they they'd lost steam by the end of last season. They started the season so emphatically, and in the middle of the season, they were just swaggering, dominant, untouchable. Um, but the last couple of months, they did lose games. They did. It didn't matter and you could maybe say it was just they took their foot off the gas, but it, it did feel like some things they were doing had been worked out a little bit. Kraut Scalia, obviously, who was a revelation of the season, looked a lot less effective in the last part of the season. So there were already some questions with them and maybe now there's a couple more questions and maybe you look at some of the teams that they could be competing with. Juventus won't have European football, but still very much questions about what their team's going to look like. They're still obviously trying to sign a striker. Inter, I think I might still have as my favourites, um, even though uh, they've also lost some pieces this summer. I mean, they need a striker as well. They've said goodbye to Lukaku uh, and Dzeko and less worryingly, perhaps Correa up front. Um, and suddenly there's no bodies up there. But but I mean, in the last couple of months of the season, Inter were the best team in Italy. Inter, when they went to the Champions League final, they, they did so as the best team at that time in Italy. They weren't the best team over the season. Napoli deserved to win the title, but Inter ended the season the best team in Italy. So, and their high points were always really good last season. Yeah, you, you felt like you could trust them to turn it on in a really big game. Yeah, did, didn't you? Definitely. So the striker thing's an issue, but I think that they might still be my favourites. Overall, I think Inter signings are, are, are very good. I, mm. I think if you look at their signings from the first bit of the window, obviously there's still a bit to go. That was the bit I. I, th- I think probably three, four weeks ago, I, I would have had Inter as my definite favourites. I think now Milan have started to play a little bit of catch up. That's mm-hmm. that's interesting. I think we can expect a lot more from Napoli in in the next couple of weeks. I mean, that that just has to happen, doesn't it? There's there's no doubt about that. And the the fact they look more likely to hang on to Ozymen than 
the not is 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 the interesting thing. But going back to Mark's question and, and and Napoli, I think how they can progress is the interesting thing. If they, as we presume for the moment, they will do, hold on to Ozymen and Kvadat Skelia. Kvadat Skelia was brilliant last season, mm-hmm. but there's still that strong feeling that he can actually improve. I mean, a Napoli supporting friend of mine was saying to me, um, he and his friends rather hoped that Kvadat Skelia would play less like a Venetian in the coming <laughs> season. Which um, I had that explained to me. It was a phrase that I wasn't aware of. Like ball hoggers are called Venetians in, in, in Italy because they don't want to pass it in case it ends up in the water. Shakespeare would have loved this. Trust me. <laughs> I, think he would, I, I think he would have. And, and there, is that, there, there is that feeling that, you know, as with Napoli as a whole, Nicky, Nicky he was on fire in the first part of the season. But they, they were kind of a big puppy of a team. They didn't, they were brilliant, but they didn't pace themselves. And that, that's probably what cost them in the Champions League, wasn't it? Yeah, I was, I was having this conversation with, um, with someone else the other day about Napoli seeming to leave some important business late. And and I said, well, the thing is, actually, if you look last season, Simeone and Raspadori came in the door at the very last minute. Everyone before last season was panicking, going, they haven't done enough. In fact, there was a whole moment in pre-season when Spalletti was getting shouted at by a fan while the squad unveiling, you know, shouted severely, I wake up. Um, and some of those last minute signings worked out really, really well for them. So business can be done late and can be done effectively. Again, people who've left, Cristiano Giuntoli, the sporting director, who got a lot of credit for putting together that 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 um, title winning team. It's a big question about whether their sort of slack has been picked up. But in the end, for me, Andy, like it, it does just come back to to Rudy Garcia we just don't know no. like Rudy Garcia hasn't hasn't done a job like this to the level of effectiveness that they need him to do it I think the big concern is when we know what Aurelio Di Laurentiis is like and how he can be perceived by Napoli fans there's always the slight feeling of is he cutting a corner here isn't mm. there yeah exactly that I, it, rightly or wrongly and I think often Di Laurentiis gets treated unfairly by a section of the Napoli fan base um, but a section of the fan base basically continue to treat him like he's a charlatan who's only taking money out of the club and just running it for his profit even though he just literally took them to a league title third time in their history um, but uh, the stats in history are against Napoli retaining the Scudetto only two teams have done that this century Juve and Inter how, how difficult can an, it be an Inter in a very particular time for it, Italian yeah. football as, as, as well you're right you know I think it's, it's what makes Serie A so fascinating though isn't it mm-hmm. well on that note, on that note, this question from Patrick: If not Serie A, then which European league? He didn't put the "if not Serie A" bit. I'm throwing that in for free. <laughs> if not Serie A, which European league is most likely to have a proper title? Well, well, well we, we, we know Nicky's answer. Well, I just, right. I just, I just want to because we, we should talk about other leagues. But I do want to say, like, because we talked about Inter in there, like, I think. Serie A is not just for that. It's not just because Napoli look like they're vulnerable or because Inter are, are interesting. I didn't even mention that Inter, of course, signed Marcus Turam, who they're excited Huge about. Huge signing. Um, but, but, but Milan have made some really interesting signings. Andy alluded to, obviously, Chiguese's come in, Christian Pulisic's come in, Yunus Musa, uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, I'm curious about. They've sold Sandro Tonali, though. So there's questions there as well. They've, they've, t- they've strengthened some things and weakened some things. Have they still yet really brought in, I know no, Okafor is supposed to be, but have they brought in a real number nine alternative to Giroud? Time will tell. I think the bigger question for them actually might be, 
is the defence good enough? Um, Tamori hasn't really sort of recovered that first season form there. So, But they're in the mix as well. Juventus are in the mix. And maybe even in Italy, I, I don't know. This couldn't be a season of something weird like an Atalanta come up. I think they've done some really sort of smart business saying goodbye to Hoyland. Look, Hoyland was a brilliant prospect. Could be a world beater. We will see. But in the end, he scored nine goals for them and they've they've moved him on and signed Bellal um, Toure and... Um, uh, Skamaka as well they flipped that for a serious sort of reinvestment into giving themselves more options in the squad so I think there's yeah. a lot of candidates so they've, they've, they've been at that point where they've needed to freshen up the front part of the team for sure. a bit and they've they've done that and made a profit so I think I think we know how Nicky's answering <laughs> well, I Patrick gonna, I, I just wanted to give the complete answer I was going to give the question again so if not Serie A Andy which European league is most likely to have a proper title race we kind of alluded to it on the main OTC this week. I wonder if it could be the Bundesliga, actually. Ooh. Because I think that Bayern, for all their uh, slight flexing of muscles, it doesn't feel like they're fully in control of this transfer market. Now, that might look completely different in, in three weeks, as Nicky was saying with, with Napoli and how much can change between what... Mid-August, just about mid-August, as, as as we're doing it, and and, and the first of September, and I, I just don't really have confidence in the way that Bayern are taking things forward, and they, a lot needs to change from last season. They had the players, of course, to win the Bundesliga by fifteen points last season, but they didn't. They, they won were it on goal difference. Yeah, they they were all but <laughs> all but gifted the title on the final yeah. final day of last yeah. season when it was in Dortmund's hands. Now I think you look at Dortmund. Of course, they've lost Jude Bellingham, which is Absolutely huge. But they've re-signed major figures in uh, Hummels and Royce. Not major figures in terms of that they're going to play every week, but in terms of what they, they give to the squad and to the club. I think uh, Rami Bentabaini is a good signing. Uh, Felix Metcher, who was quite a controversial signing from Wolfsburg, he's looked pretty good in, in, in the friendlies. He was terrific in the friendly against Ajax last week. And got a real bit of craft to him and if you're talking about replacing the forward looking bit of Bellingham then that's great I think um, Marcel Zabitzer turning up is, it, it didn't work out for him at all at Bayern but we know he's a terrific footballer and he's, he's got that sort of dynamism that Edin Terzic wants in his team and I think you look at as well if we're talking about the second half of last season you look at Dortmund nearly won the title despite the fact that Sebastian Allaire for a very specific reason and Karim Adeyemi and Daniel Marlin for different reasons. Between them, do you know how many goals they scored before Christmas last season in the Bundesliga? Zero between them. Once Adeyemi, Allaire and Marlin, who again has looked great in pre-season, looked great for the Netherlands in the Nations League, when they really hit it, you're looking at something completely different. Now, if they can cover the loss of Bellingham, if Emre Can, who's now been appointed as the captain, can do something differently. Now, again, as I was saying on the main OTC, Leipzig are a complete unknown because they've lost their three best players, which is a, a far more profound turnover. And they're moving in a direction where there's a lot of pressure on Max Evel, the sporting director, to spend that money wisely. And they've started spending money that they never would have spent before. To, to me, it feels like Dortmund are the more realistic title challenger. It feels a lot more calm and stability at the club, which I, I think is is really important. Of course, the outside bet for which European league is most likely to have a proper title race. Again, we were talking about it in the main OTC. 
big turnover at PSG. Is there anyone good enough in France to compete with them? Is the question. A question from Gareth, though, is where's next for Julian Lopetegui? Is there anywhere or is he looking at a season on the sidelines? Came as a surprise to me anyway that uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers would let him go a few days before the start of a new season. Um, but where would he possibly go to, Nicky? It's not easy to find a job this close to the start of the season. Um, and uh, um, I think... I don't, I, I don't actually have a good answer for this one, Andy. I, I feel like it's sort of wait and see situation for you now, isn't it? As Lopetegui, maybe if he's keen to get back into work, it's waiting to see which which team where in Europe implodes quickly and makes a panic change early in, in the season. Yeah, I think take a fortnight off and pick up a job in October <laughs> yeah. is, 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 is the obvious. There'll be a couple. Yeah, going, yeah they, they definitely October. will. They definitely yeah. will. And I, I think when you stay out of the game for two to three months, mm. people start thinking, oh, that guy great why don't we get him of course obviously if you leave it much longer than that they start to forget about you but look with with Lopetegui I feel that even though you're right it was a surprise in terms of the timing if you go back and look at his rhetoric from the last month or two he's been queuing this up for a while I, I think you know he feels as we were saying on the ramble that you know, they're, they're heading in a sort of Leicester situation where maybe he's been disappointed in terms of, of reinforcements this summer and maybe standing still in the Premier League is a very dangerous thing. I think it is if you're in that Wolves position. If it, if it could happen to Leicester, it could definitely happen to Wolves. I think when you look at his job at Wolves in, in general, I think he comes out with credit from it, even if they spent an awful lot last winter window. I think if you look at... The way it ended at Sevilla was badly, ended badly. But if you look at what happened after him with San Paoli before Mendy Libar started to turn it around, and the way that actually, the way that when he made his departure, on remember on that Champions League night when he left Sevilla and Monchi took him to the crowd and presented him to the crowd and said, he's going, but it's not his fault, it's my fault. And everything that we've seen in retrospect, you're bloody right. It is your fault. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's not really Lopetegui's fault. But of course, this would be different if he was leaving a club in Spain because if you leave a club in Spain once the season has started, you can't take another job in La Liga for the rest of that season. Oh, So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it slightly limits your options if so, you're a Spanish coach. But he has obviously left just before the season started and he's left an English job. So that's fine. So I think... There could be a couple in La Liga that can maybe open up for him at the start of the season. And just season. to clarify that Spanish ruling there, is it if you leave the club rather than you were sacked? Because it feels a either bit or. unfair. Either it or. feels a bit unfair that you get sacked from a job at the beginning of the season that you can't work for the next 12 months. Well, you could work elsewhere. You just can't work in La Liga. Still does feel a little bit unfair, I've got to be honest. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
This question from Patrick, a different Patrick than we heard from earlier on. Who will be the surprise packages of the season? And he's given us some choices here. The Lance Union Berlin of last season. Who will be this season's uh, Lance yeah, Union Berlin, arguably even more dramatically successful? This is The problem with this question is these are the ones you're naming are the ones that are surprises by default. These are the ones that you genuinely didn't see coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, well, you, uh, said, you said Atalanta, didn't you? Yeah, I think that's but Atalanta aren't, aren't, wouldn't be a shock, would they? I mean, they finished fifth last season. They're not sort of coming if, from... If they genuinely challenged for the, for the league, yeah. that would be a shock to me. Yeah, Atalanta are a team that I think... Um, I, I just think they've reinvested that Hoyland money well. Um, I think they've they've padded out their depth. I think that in a season when as sort of alluded to in that title race, all of the Italian big clubs have some questions around them. Um, there's a, there's just a window for them. And and I don't know, I, I maybe I'm I'm too high on them. Maybe I'm I'm too optimistic for them. But I, I think the consistency of Gasparini and the project has been so sort of reliable. And I, I'm really excited to see Scamacca come back and play in Italy. That's something I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing. I, I think that's... Um, that was just a, an interesting recipe. But I mean, there's others. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you think, could could Rafa Benitez do a a, a resurgent moment now he's gone back to the League of Iselta, Or Well, I think there are two main questions there. One, would we call top 10 making them a surprise package of the season? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I think the other big question for them, does Gabri Vegas stay? Mm. I, I think that makes a huge difference. Uh, Napoli been sniffing around him in recent weeks now. That to me would be a fascinating fit. You know, you look at other clubs that have been linked with Gabri Vega, and no offense at all to Paris Saint Germain, but him going there feel would feel quite miserable to me. You know, mm. I, I want to see him go to a club where he can be the centerpiece, where he can grow, where he can be adored, and of course, we know the light blue suits him already. So I, I think that would be a really interesting move in the, in the closing weeks of this season. The one that I'm wondering is in France. Now, of course, Strasbourg have had a change of ownership in mid-season, um, which is, um, means they are essentially owned by Chelsea or owned by the owners of, of Chelsea. And it means they've got different means. So, you know, you've got a club that's already fervently supported in a very particular part of France. And already we've seen that different level of power they've got last season. Now, Mark Keller, who's been... The main guy there for years was looking for investment for a bit. Some of the fans are a little bit anxious about Chelsea taking over, and would that mean a, you know, them just becoming a, a subordinate club? Time will tell. But for now, they've got Patrick Vieira as coach, and clearly for him to come to Strasbourg, he never would have gone to Strasbourg a couple of months ago. It wouldn't have happened. And then you look at the fact they've got that Chelsea connection. So Angelo Gabriel, who's just come over from Brazil, who's by all accounts, a young player with terrific potential. He's gone there on a year's loan. Um, Abacar Silla, who, you know, let's not mince our words here, he is a brutal defender, <laughs> as he showed on a number of occasions for Club Brugge last, last season. Yes. But uh, again, a player they would never have been able to afford. They've spent the thick end of 20 million on him. So Strasbourg are in a, a, a different dimension now. Now, if Vieira gets it right, and you look at other clubs who were pushing towards that kind of direction, like it looks like um, Nice and Ineos are kind of putting the brakes on what they're doing with Nice at the moment. So maybe they're not going to be 
challenging. I think there's maybe a little opportunity for Strasbourg to do something interesting. Now, it's not going to be a, a Lens, Union Berlin type fairy tale, but if they use their increased resources correctly, I think there's such a turnover at Marseille, anything could happen. Lyon have got this financial cap on them at the moment. Lens have lost their two best players in Lois Pender and Seku Fana. Maybe. Just maybe. Yeah, we've got this question from James. And straight to you, Nicky. We're going on holiday to Italy in October and hoping to take my son to AC versus Juve for our first European game. Any OTC tips for our first visit. Can I can I pose a, a question to James? Can you be my dad? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. You need a dad at your age. <laughs> Always. <laughs> oh, I mean, gosh, for the game itself, I think you're going to be just fine. I mean, I, I, I if you're going with a, a younger son, I hope you haven't bought tickets in the Cordova. Obviously, you want to be somewhere else, but probably you wouldn't have been able to get those tickets too easily anyway. Um, I would say if you have by any chance wound up in the Cordova, just sort of um, be aware that seat numbers aren't a thing um, I would say in all Italian stadiums seat numbers can sometimes feel more like a serving suggestion than, than, than a firm rule but um, but but look in most of the stadium San Siro is really a, one of the the, the the easier stadiums to go to if you're thinking to get food at the game don't buy it inside the stadium there's great food trucks just outside get yourself the, the proper Italian match going experience, the yes. Milan fan match going experience, yes. is to go to one of those trucks outside and get yourself a, a sausage sandwich or whatever. But yeah, inside the stadium, the food and drink options are terrible. Um, in terms of being in in Milan, um, you know, I, I I think obviously you want to see the Duomo if you haven't been before. The Duomo is spectacular. See it at night and it's all lit up. And it's it's brilliant. But try not to spend too much time in those most obvious places because they're just wildly expensive and, and tourist trappy I know if you want to go find somewhere nice to just hang out and and perhaps see sort of a slightly hip younger part of town where there's fun places to eat and have a drink or or, or just sort of sit outside by the the water then Aveli is a really nice spot to be in there's a nice covered market there where you can get some nice food um other stuff like that's just practical we were talking about um with Finn just before because Finn was in Italy this summer if you're coming from England you can use your train line app Literally the same train line app that you used to buy train tickets in England works in Italy. So if you are being more adventurous, get on that um, because that is something that actually I only found out um, earlier this year and is a very handy um, tool if you don't want to mess around with the complicated... Me and Andy only found out an hour ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> actually, with, with that in mind, that's the other thing you've, you've got to underline. Depending on what's on that weekend, you know, you could make it into a full football weekend. A bit of Monza, a bit of Atalanta. Yeah, and, and, and actually like some of the, the... A lot of Italian football, and you can go into a big historical conversation, this, but a lot of the, the power of Italian football is is really quite tightly located in the north of Italy. You know, Bergamo is so close to Milan that there is a Milan-Bergamo airport. Juventus, I'm oh, sorry, Juventus, Turin, if you want to go see Juventus, is less than an hour on the on the train, and the Frecciarossa Rossa trains are really comfortable, nice trains. Um, there's a lot of places you can get to very, very quickly if you want to try and get two games into the weekend. I would always recommend going to the south of Italy, though. I would always. I mean, kids game there for the first time. By the way, you didn't tell us how old the kid was, James. If he's uh, Andy's age, I would suggest you... <laughs> You never know. He would... Uh, I would require a seat cushion, a replica shirt and feeding. And something called a gelato. 
Thank you for listening to Ask OTC. If you'd like to ask a question on next week's show, you can contact us at any time during the course of the week at Dotson Adibayo, at Andy Brassel, at Nikki Bandini, and at OTC Pod. Or you can email us, OTC at footballramble.com. On the Continent is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.